Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Musical Splaining Podcast. I am your cake-based host, Kava mm-hmm. Taharian. Uh, you are associated act. Associated act, <laughs> cake, everything you want me to be. You'll always be the associated act in my heart. <laughs> uh, that is the voice of the lovely, lovely, what's her name? You should probably introduce yourself instead of having um, to do it. Sweaty Dumps and <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay Ellis. And Hello, everybody. Hi. And today we are joined by a very special guest. Uh, he's the number one New York Times bestselling author and TikTok star, uh, Mr. Hank Green. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Everything's better now. I'm, just, I need, I'm trying to get away from this YouTube branding. I don't know what that platform is anymore. I don't know how to, I don't know how to make content on it anymore. <laughs> I'm a TikToker and author. The only thing we could say for certain is that YouTube is bad and should feel bad. But TikTok is fine. TikTok yeah, is absolutely good. fine. <laughs> and there's no fine. problems in the publishing industry either. Yeah, the publishing industry is a problematic. It's also, fine. Yeah. It's perfect. It is. It's great. Uh, everybody's friends. It's just a more supportive community we've found uh, than YouTube. <laughs> it's just everyone is just... So happy to be here. Anyway, yeah, the world is great. So since the world is so great. Uh, fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. Uh, as I mentioned in the previous episode, earlier this year, where I, f- I forget how it even came up, but you you texted me, Hank, and you were like, mm-hmm. hey, uh, I want to be on your podcast. I was like, oh, okay. Well, um, did you know that Hamilton is going to be at the Pantages mm-hmm. when VidCon happened? And then it was like, yay, we'll go see Hamilton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We'll go to VidCon. We're going to have so much VidCon. (laughs) Yeah, yes. And like, and I have just like, I've never had an opportunity that it's rare that I get to see any, any, you know, show. And it's rare that I get to see a Broadway show. And I was, you know, I never got to see Hamilton. uh, And it's been a long time. And it seems like everybody's, everybody is very aware of this thing. Yep. And I can be, I can do that. Yeah. And then, of course, now I can't. But yeah. then I can. You sort of can. <laughs> Disney Plus can. came through for all of us. Yeah. yeah. Disney Plus public utility uh, came through for <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with the, the public needs. Right. Now. I don't know. Yeah. It does kind of make it. It is really funny to me that people there are people that kind of treat it like it's like Disney Plus is doing this moral thing. Oh, thank you. So, and, yeah. Yeah. For the, the benefit corporation. Disney. <laughs> yeah. Like they're not starved for content. No, they're yeah. doing it for the greater good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, okay. Okay, sure, Jen. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, today is a very special episode for a lot of reasons, but we're finally talking, talking ham. Alexander Hamilton, Alexander Hamilton, America sings for you. Talking about that Hamlet. Talking about a good musical for one, which is like what? <laughs> we're, this is episode Maybe. 11. I think this is like the second one, theoretically. That's, mm. <laughs> that's you good. You like Beetlejuice. I, I'm just saying like Beetlejuice isn't necessarily seen as like a good musical the way that like Hades Town I mean, is. I guess that's true. I liked I musicals, but and I liked people. six, but yeah, but this is seen as sort of <laughs> oh, like. Oh yeah, you liked six. I liked six, like, yeah. So yeah, he and I never agree on anything. So I, I'm <laughs> assuming you probably uh, won't be a fan of Hamilton, uh, but that's okay. That's an increasingly uh, popular uh, viewpoint. <laughs> the Hamilton aunties have finally arrived. Yeah. Their time is here. It's interesting to me. I think because Broadway shows are limited in how many people can access them, that they mm. do tend to have less of a hater contingent. Now. That doesn't last forever, <laughs> but it's just like, I, you can't go see them. And it's like going to see them because like, if you're like, 
I'm going to hate this thing, and so I'm going to watch it to hate it. You can't do that with Hamilton because you can't get a ticket. Right. Right. But a lot of people hate it on principle. Um, there was this one thing that this this guy was just like in my mentions, just like going so hyperbolic with how much he just hated like mm-hmm. the idea of Hamilton. And he and I quote, described it as bad for the soul of mankind. Oh. I was like, what is this guy wow. doing with his free time that that's what he thinks is the worst thing for your soul of mankind? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to need him to explain to me what the soul of mankind is. Yeah. The soul of mankind was good until Hamilton came along and ruined it. Can we chip in for this guy's therapy? I mean, like, should we start some sort of Patreon for it? Like, I'm sorry, bro. So there's like a lot of these people. Uh, like, uh, it, it 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 does kind of bug me. Um, but yeah, we can we can get in depth with that later. Uh, but yeah, do, would you like to to read us in with our Hamel, Hamel yes. stats? Hamel stats. I will not do them in the Fred Durst voice because you know we just Aww. recorded recently, so it's going to be a one bit day. of a yeah one day again. Yeah. Hamilton, as you probably already know, music, lyrics, and book by Lin-Manuel Miranda. And I now know that book is not the book that the musical is based on. (laughs) It's not the Chernoff book. (laughs) But rather, (laughs) it is rather the book of music and stuff. That's the musical. I'm smart. I'm learning. (laughs) I'm learning. Uh, Like Hadestown and Rent, an example of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost musical, all three are written by one person. Mm -hmm. Of course, that one person being Lin-Manuel Miranda. Miranda came off having a huge hit, very young, with In the Heights, which premiered when he was a wee bairn? What's a bairn? I've never heard that word before. Really? Yeah. That's that's a new word. Like a baby? Learning all sorts of things. Apparently, you couldn't take the time to read this before the podcast. Just... No, he never does. No, no, that's part of the joke. Yeah, that's part of the joke. That's part of the joke is that I walk into landmines having no idea what it is and everyone laughs at me. (laughs) Bairn means baby. It's a Scottish word. Darling is expecting a wee bairn. A baby of 24 (laughs) and went on to win a bunch of Tonys, including Best Score and Best Musical, unlike Love Never Dies, uh, which should have won those things. Uh, Miranda was inspired to write Hamilton during a vacation during the run of In the Heights. He picked up a copy of Ron Cherno's massive 2004 biography of Alexander Hamilton at an airport bookstore. But within the first few chapters, he was already envisioning it as a stage musical. Miranda related to Hamilton's story of immigrating to New York from the Caribbean, but he also saw the story of the founding fathers as not unlike hip hop rivalries, which is reflected in the show in many regards. He began working on what he called the Hamilton mixtape and one invited to the White House to perform in the Heights. He performed the opening number Alexander Hamilton instead. Miranda worked on the show for the next six years. Jesus. Uh, and it premiered off Broadway in 2015. They continued workshopping it throughout the year and eventually premiered on Broadway in July 2015 at the Richard Rogers Theater, where it has played to sold out houses ever since until... Well, womp, womp. And then it was fine. Until Disney Plus decided to (laughs) swoop in from the kindness of their hearts and make it available to everybody instead of having to pay exorbitant prices to go see it in the theater. They're the good corporation. They are. Uh, Like Rent, the show's popularity was bolstered by an extremely dedicated fan base. Uh, In the early days, Miranda engaged with it regularly, and there was even in-joke merch. Any examples you can tell me? Yeah, so, uh, man, it it is kind of wild how different it was back then because... uh, you know, then then all the Tumblr kids loved Hamilton mm-hmm. back in like 2015, 2016. 
Um, and there was a, apparently like it was like one day, like either during previews or early on in the show's run, because um, Miranda also starred in the show as Alexander Hamilton. Some guy in a car like recognized him on the street and like rolls down his window and goes, yay, Hamlet. And he, te- he tells the story on Twitter and like his fans just become obsessed with it. And so like they like yay, Hamlet became like a thing. It became a hashtag. They were selling sh- yay, Hamlet shirts at the show. Uh. Back then it was just a lot more engaged with the fandom because like it was a very New York centric show as a lot of Broadway shows are. Like, cause I remember when it first came out, like I had friends that saw like the off-Broadway version. Um, and then they saw like the, you know, the early run back before it was just ungodly expensive and impossible to get tickets to, you know, and it just had a really young, dedicated fan base and people loved Lin-Manuel Miranda and like he was like our unproblematic fave. Everyone talked about what a cinnamon roll he was. Um, cinnamon I, roll. I, That's a new word. Yeah, cinnamon roll. <laughs> Really? Oh, you're forget. You only started the internet like a week ago. Yeah, basically. Um, Is this like a Baron related like term? No, that's just a word. <laughs> I just I, rem- I remember seeing this this post on Tumblr that was like talking about like, remember, you have as many hours in the day as Lin-Manuel Miranda does to get stuff done. And people, oh, man, people just loved him so mm-hmm. much. <laughs> oh. okay. I mean, I, st- I think uh, I, I just think there's a thing about like backlash that people just can't resist it after a point. Yeah. But anyway, especially when it's so successful. Yeah. That's just a thing that happens. I feel like that's built into the cake. But is it warranted? Uh, that's a discussion. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, so they tried to combat the problem of scalping and inflated ticket prices with hashtag ham for ham. Ten dollar tickets through digital lottery. I have never won this lottery, and I have entered it dozens of times. This is Lindsay's voice, not mine. You should be reading that. I have not. Actually, no, I think I did enter it once when we went to New York a few years ago with right, Sarah. Right, yeah, we tried. It was a complete uh, waste of Well, this time. is before we even started the podcast. Um, oh, right, right, right. But, of course, it was just like, this is a huge joke. This is never going to happen. Why even bother? While it was met with universal acclaim when it premiered, ever since a funny thing happened in 2016, there has been more scrutiny in the way of the show's. Uh, the way the show plays into the American myth and arguably lionizing the Finding Fathers, as you just discussed. Uh, he's also come under fire for having a majority black cast portray characters that historically owned slaves. Ooh, what are we? Uh, what are we to expect? Um, I don't know. What are you expecting? Because I, I guess Hank is more familiar with it than you, obviously, because he's at least le- listened to it. Yeah. So I mean, I, I've listened to some of it because, again, Sarah was playing it all the time. Um, so I know at least one of the tracks it's, what is it like? Uh, I'm not going to give up my shot or something like yeah, that. Perfect. Yeah. You know, exactly. You know, everything you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> That's I the am, only, I am not going to give away my shot. Not going to give away. <laughs> 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 yes. Uh, that's the, that's the like Chinatown off brand version. <laughs> of the, my shot. That's basically, I, I actually knew about it before it became popular because of my friend, uh, Logan that lives at New York. Mm-hmm. He is a huge dork and he had read the biography and that's what ended up getting him into musicals. Not because he was excited about musicals, but he was like, oh, there's a bio- there's a musical based on this biography that I had read. Mm, uh, and this God. is a person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is kind of surprising because the biography, I, I think the experience of reading the biography frustrates the experience of watching the show. Because then you're like, well, that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not what happened. Why did he change it. that? <laughs> and the things he does change tend to be... 
Because, like, here's the thing about Hamilton. I I think it is, like, legitimately great. I do think it is fair to call it a work of genius. I also oh. think it is extremely flawed. Um, and a lot of the changes that were made to the source material, being this man's life, it was almost kind of 90s. You know, it's like it turns it almost <laughs> into, like, a 90s Tim Allen movie. Oh, God. Where, Why know, would you say that? That's so sad. <laughs> like, He's an oh, aging like, conservative man who thinks that everything, <laughs> everyone is against him. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sort of, but like, oh. you know, it'll do the whole like, come on, Mitt Dad, you work too hard, you know, <laughs> it does that thing. Um, but I, in a, in a way that I, 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 it's like, I see why it's there. I'm not crazy about it. Mm-hmm. And like one of my notes are, God, I can't stand this 90s shit. Uh, so I, I think it's. Uh, Gen X. It's something I, I kind of struggle with, you know, it's like since, you know, Hank, you and I are now. New York Times best-selling authors, probably, I'm probably not, but, you know, <laughs> like, just knowing that a thing is flawed is, like, okay. Yeah. You know, but, it like, it drives me crazy, you know, like, coming from the other side of it where I'm like, I know, I should have fixed it, you know, yeah. like, whatever the thing is. It was, like, a day after publication when I got my first, like, note from someone who was, like, like completely in good faith being, like, you got this wrong. And... <laughs> And they were right. And you're just like, uh, well, I wish you'd read it before it came out because I would have fixed that. I would have had it be different. But I but I yeah. also think that in, in from what I know of Hamilton, I've never seen it. I have heard the music. I've done the thing where you like listen to it and like a lot of it. It's like not really sort of settling in because the music isn't as hooky and you're not in the story. So you don't like mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. But like my sense is that like there isn't there was an awareness. If if I am imagining being the creator of this thing and like working for six years on it and obviously working very hard on it that whole time because it is clearly a labor. Like somebody spent a lot of time on this. It's very yeah. clear. A lot of thought went yeah. into this. Yeah. But but one thing that that seems clear to me as a, a person who creates stuff is that part of that was this is going to have to be broadly appealing. Yes. And if you're going to tell a story about America that's broadly appealing in America it can't really be like Hundo P accurate because yeah. like, <laughs> you can't P. really examine. Yeah. Too yeah. It can't much. Look you know, too it hard. Can't, it's not, yeah. Yeah. It can't get, it can't get uncomfortable. Is the cast all black or is it all people of color? It's mostly, yeah. there's a couple of white dudes in the cast, um, but it's mo- like right. 90% people of yeah. color. Like if, if we're including Miranda, which I guess is its own discussion. <laughs> uh, I was just like, I, since Hamilton was so popular, he seems to have gotten kicked out of the POC club. Yeah. Like, Where is he from? That, that makes sense. He is, uh, he's from New York, but he's, uh, his parents are Puerto Rican. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. The sense to me is, you know, you create this other dichotomy uh, but it is not a reflective dichotomy. So it's basically you're saying like, okay, here are the, the upstart Americans and like King Richard, is that right? <laughs> no. <laughs> no king. Which king? What? This is a thing I should know from my own history of my country, not from yeah. Hamilton. King George. King, king George. Yeah. Um, uh, is, is, a white, is, is like the white, one of the white guys, right? Yeah. And so like yeah. you, you're- He is traditionally played by- Yeah, so you're like mm. setting this up. But like that's not the that's not like the white black dynamic in America is not the same as mm-hmm. the like British American dynamic in the the 1700s. That's a stretch to me. 
But also like it yeah. is all it always seemed a little weird that like like white people love this so much. <laughs> um, I, I was going to ask you guys too. like, what do you think that is? Like, what do you think the mass appeal is? I talked a bit about this when I did the the video on rent a couple years ago, where I do think um, it is a very reassuring story, especially the fact that um, it was written by people of color and it stars almost entirely people of color. It is almost kind of like this very Obama era mindset of mm, like, okay. we did it, you know, mm-hmm. we did we it, guys. Beat racism, um, everybody. It's over. And we finally have a hip hop musical. Um Because I think that was the message I took from Hamilton when I first saw Mm -hmm. it uh, before the trumpeting, Um, (laughs) which was my read was basically that it was a way of saying this is our history, too, Mm -hmm. and we are owning it Mm -hmm. and we are doing it by, um, you know, using hip hop and casting these people. And, uh, you know, it's almost I wouldn't say it's like a forgiveness, but it's like a certain set of the population taking ownership of a history that has for the most part excluded them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And again, like, I think that's why, you know, after the 2016 election, suddenly there was all this scrutiny on Hamilton um, because clearly you're not really welcome to take that ownership in Trump's America. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just, it's very different read now, just in that like one year span between like, you know, it coming out and then the election happening. Yeah, I I think that I think that makes sense. I think that's a that's a good perspective on it. Um but but also I think that there are lots of perspectives on it. And I I'm allowing those I'm allowing them all to exist. Yeah. <laughs> what the heck do I know? I I'm really interested in both of your perspectives but for very different reasons. Like I think the thing that um resonates to me the most is um just the the sort of like theme who lives, who dies, who tells your story uh, that is, you know, kind of at the center of the show. Mm -hmm. But um, another three thing was that again, was like really popular when it came out was like the immigrant slant and how the show frames immigrants and how uh, Miranda himself kind of like saw himself in Hamilton. And, you know, when it came out, everyone was like, yeah, that seems legit. And (laughs) now it's, uh, you know, under a lot more scrutiny because it's like, well, these aren't immigrants, they're colonizers and they're all white people. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh, man, that is it's a very it's a very yeah. different vibe when you're like in the first part of the story there. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the same experience as my parents immigrating over from Iran no. coming into something yeah. that already existed. It's like them coming in and sort of making it their own. Right. Yeah. No, I can see that. It seems like a valid criticism, but just for the sake of suspension of disbelief and just sort of allowing yourself to be moved by what everybody perceived it to be, at least in the beginning, you know, that's yeah. certainly an angle I'll, I'll, I'll be thinking about when I watch it. Yeah. Have you read there, there by Tommy orange? <laughs> it's so native. good. Um, uh, he, I went to see him speak at the university here and he's a native guy and he did a good job of sort of like, like confronting this reality that we have where it's like, if you're trying to like get people to be proud of it being an American, like I get that the story that you tell isn't like the story that I hear isn't the story. Yeah. Like as a, as a native American and it's hard to be proud of that story. Like there are, there yeah. are certainly parts, but like to some extent you, you like part of creating, like creating a national identity has some importance and like that unifying identity provides services to society and so like finding ways like we're always going to be lying when we tell that story because it's always going to be kind of a pitch, 
It's going to be right, a, yeah. a sales pitch more than a history in, in many ways. And I don't think that that means that we should like not be critical of that. That's how American history class was for me in high school and and before yeah. and certainly before that, like elementary school, American history is 100 percent just like, you know, the sales pitch. Well, I think there's a difference between like being critical of the way we lionize our history and like overcorrecting to the point of misinformation in the other direction. Because I've been seeing a lot of that, mm, like yeah. um, like and it really bugs the shit out of me when people will be like, oh, yeah, Hamilton, the slave owner. It's like, oh, my God, words mean things, you guys. <laughs> he didn't own slaves. Yeah. He was not a slave owner. Some of them were. Most of them were. Hamilton was not. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of get into these, like, you know, chintzy semantics of, like, well, his father-in-law did, and maybe he, like, you know, handled some of his accounting and, you know, might have helped sell somebody. And mm-hmm. it's just like, no, it, it's it's not better if you're overcorrecting in the other direction. I don't think it's really helpful to um, say, like, well, this has to be destroyed. This whole idea of, like, this, you know, corrupt national identity needs to go away. Because I don't think that's any more true, like, this, you know, incredible polarity of just, like, either American exceptionalism and we're great and it's just this amazing, mm-hmm. you know, noble history or it's just, like, evil and terrible and we hate it. And, you know, the two genders. And <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I'm just like, guys, like, this isn't a discussion. This is just, like, this doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. It's also interesting to think about this in terms of people sitting around sort of discussing it, uh, particularly mm-hmm. after having read this you know, like I said, Hank, the first time I was reading it, the summary, because I didn't know what it was in advance. Uh, but it, it's interesting because... I am not going to let my shot be taken, taken down. Because from- <laughs> I, I, just sort of referring back to a question you were asking me earlier of like what my what my experience with it is and what I was whatever potentially excited about it. The idea that politicians making you know, trying to found the country and write something, you know, write the Declaration of Independence and all that, or, you know, Constitution, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Being a giant rap battle to me is like, yeah. it's a hilarious, fantastic conceit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and those scenes are great too. And, like he just goes all in on it. They like drop mics. Yeah. Like, it, and, yeah. And as somebody. Because those guys hated each other. Yeah. And I feel like that really like mm-hmm. gets I, lost in the conversation, how much these men just fucking hated each other. And, yeah. and that's great. And, and, and as somebody who also tries to make stuff, to me, it's like, okay, I can totally see just being like, oh, fucking done. Rap battle, like founding fathers, everyone mm-hmm. rapping off at each other. Like just having this sort of like visceral reaction to like this fantastic creative idea and just running with it. Maybe yeah, this is yeah. me sort of projecting on that, but I don't think. No, I think that's exactly what yeah. happened. <laughs> I think he was just like, this is really fun. I'm going to do this. Yeah. And so to me, I'm like, that sounds fucking awesome. I'm totally into that. Whether like whatever the discourse ends up being, I think it sort of misses the point of. Probably what the fun was, and I guess I'm just guessing, I have no idea, I haven't mm-hmm. read anything or heard anything, but what I imagine is the fun idea that Lin-Manuel Miranda had, just literally, what did mm-hmm. it say, like, within the first couple of chapters of doing it. Uh, mm-hmm. yep. I don't I don't think you're necessarily meant to super intellectualize at that point as much as you're willing to just have fun and just fucking run with it and have it right. be a fun piece, I guess. Again, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think this is, a, this is a thing about popular media, is that, like, part of me wants to believe that when a thing becomes popular people are criticizing it because it's popular and they're like i'm mad that like i just like kind of want to define myself in opposition like the people i don't like like this or Mm -hmm. or like i just bad for the soul of man (laughs) it doesn't it doesn't resonate with me for whatever reason and i but there's also another piece of this where a piece of media that is less popular is doing 
different work than a piece of media that is very popular. Mm -hmm. Like when it becomes super popular, it informs culture in a bigger and more robust way. And so I think yeah. that it it is important to actually be more critical of popular media than we are of less popular media. Because yeah. It, yeah, it's fair. like it becomes more powerful in society and it has more impact. Um, and so that's I think that's part of how that functions. I don't think it's the whole thing. I think some part of it is just like go after the thing that is popular because y you will get, you know, you, likes on you'll Twitter. Get, you'll get pwned. <laughs> yeah. or you'll, you'll, you'll do the poning. Yeah. Everybody wants to do the poning. Like, how do you write with a mind to like this could be this could literally change the world like this could be the biggest thing this could yeah. be the cultural moment and because i don't think he was thinking that i think i think he was thinking like I don't know about he that he thought I, he'd have like ooh. another in the heights i maybe oh, yeah? yeah but I, oh yeah you got some you got some insider you got no some no no i don't i don't at all i've never <laughs> met lin-manuel miranda oh you oh, haven't uh, no um, i swear i've seen well i was just like well i've seen you tweet at each other that means your best friends right that's how that works <laughs> I, thought right? I just saw him walk behind you jesus you were in his yeah. wedding right I, like, <laughs> I know people who know him um well he seems like one of those guys he's like a mcelroy everybody knows a, him yeah he yep well he's also big he's also a big fan of the mcelroys so of course they know my, each other. My, my sense is if like, if you as a creator, if I wrote something that good, I would know it was that good. And I would know that it was special and different. And I, I would know like, this is going to be a bigger deal than all the other things I've done before. And I've like, I've, I've known that about stuff that I have consumed the moment it was published. And I'm like, this is going to be a big deal. You don't know what shape that's going to take. Uh, but I think that, I would not be surprised if he had some idea and, and, but you would never Maybe say it know out loud. how big it was. You would like if somebody said, did you know how big this was going to be? You never say yes, because that sounds like you're a dickhead. <laughs> you, but like, but sometimes you do know. A little but bit. I, th mm -hmm. I think you're also talking Lindsay though, about like, is that the intent of going in and saying, I'm going to make a thing that changes the world. Or is this something well, that reveals itself the intent. to you? I feel like to me, I'm like, the question is how like, how do you write around your, I guess, ethical obligation to make the world a better place with your amazing art and mm -hmm. the criticisms people have right now where, you know, a lot of it is like, well, you should have done this. And I'm just sort of like in 20, 2009, how could he have known mm -hmm. where the discourse was going to go and that people actually would be ups, you know, because it's like they do talk about it, like the actors um, have talked about like having really ambivalent feelings like David Diggs playing Thomas Jefferson. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, I think that is a thing. Like I, I, I do think that this show is, it, it, it isn't as like jer jerking these guys off as people kind of say it is <laughs> like it is. It, 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 That's it's, a huge it's disappointment. Like, it's not uncomfortable, but like it, it definitely, you know, it, it shows them in some of their warts, not all of them. And, and I feel like I, w I wish there was more room for ambivalence in this discussion, you know, because I think that's kind of what's missing in just discourse about Hamilton in general. Either it's great or it's terrible. And I think because I, I, I think the thing is, like, to me, some of the greatest things I've ever seen or were kind of great because they were flawed. I'm like, I don't know what a flawless Hamilton looks like. Um, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Cause it's like, does it exist? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, it's like some people would say, cause I'm like, Oh, we can go, th go through my list of issues that I have with the show. And some of them are, are, are like legit. I wish they had changed this, but some of them are like, I guess that does need to be there. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I I do. I wish I could talk to him. I, you know, I like just just to know what's going on in his head about like how the reaction to this show has changed over the last right five years. Yeah, it's hard to create ever. It is especially hard to create for all possible futures. And right, like that that drives me crazy. Like if I'm going through like <laughs> yeah, this is why we need sensitivity readers. Like cancel alarm. Like oh, you're gonna get canceled for that. Ooh, yeah, don't do that. Because I have like my laundry list of things that I, I think people might get mad about in the future, but I'm like, I'm not going to say anything because that'll then they'll yeah. be on to me. Yeah, I was <laughs> listening to my own audiobook to to sort of get a taste for it, and I was like, I don't know if I should have said that. <laughs> that seems that seems like uh, that seems very 2019. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it is time to finally dive in Yay. to you know the man, the myth, the moment. The ad Hamilton. read. The ad read. <laughs> <laughs> the man, the myth, the... Uh, oh, right. All right, so uh, read us in, I, f- I feel like I should try to wrap whatever the ad read is and see if... <laughs> All right, go to some freestyle. Yeah, right. into, let's do it. I... Uh, oh, no. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I meant like I'll record the ad read. Uh, yeah. Hey, I, I'm terrible. I can't do this. I'm just... <laughs> yeah. Go to the ad all right. read. I, this, all I will do is a terrible impression that no one will like. Fred Durst could cut yeah, That's true. All right. Well, All right. Going into the yeah, ad read. Read us in, and we'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by CuriosityStream, a subscription streaming service with thousands of documentaries and nonfiction titles. You can also get access to our streaming video service, Nebula, when you sign up for CuriosityStream using our code at curiositystream.com slash musicalsplaining. That's the name of the podcast, in case you'd forgotten. Nebula is a video streaming platform built by and for creators, not by some corporate drone, terrible Silicon Valley types who don't love puppies. We love puppies here. We're very pro puppy. When CuriosityStream is all about big budget nonfiction videos, we're building Nebula because we want a place for smaller, independent, education-ish creators to try out new ideas that might not work out on YouTube. You know, like mom and pop kind of stuff. With Nebula, you can see original ugh, content again. But anyway, you can see original content from creators like CGP Grey, Chris Exog, and eventually Lindsay and I will have some Nebula originals tying in with this very podcast that you're listening to right now. Assuming that you are actually listening to this ad in this podcast and you haven't skipped through it, I really hope you haven't. Because this is extremely entertaining for anyone who's listening to it, I imagine. Probably. Anyway, those Nebula originals will be made with the support of CuriosityStream. And so, in conclusion, you can get CuriosityStream plus our streaming service, Nebula, for only $2.99 per month or $19.99 for a full year? That's an insane deal. You got to do it. So go ahead and visit CuriosityStream.com to learn more. And now back to the podcast. Okay, everybody, and we are back from the break. We have all watched Hamilton, and now we're going to share our thoughts, of which everybody has so, so many of them. Yes. Right? I do. I do have thoughts. This was a very discoursed about musical when it came out um, five years ago, and everyone who is discoursing about it now is like kind of catching up. And <laughs> yeah. so, but yeah. it's a different world now. It's like, yeah. we're not, it's, it's not the Obama's world anymore. So, uh, this is also a different format for us because whereas when we've had a third person on the show, it's usually been two people yelling at me about not knowing something. <laughs> yeah. But now we have two people who have not seen it, who are going to give their first hot takes on it. So I'm excited about yeah. that as well. 
All right. You, I think you guys should should hot the take first. Yeah. Since, I mean, everybody yeah. knows what my hot takes are because I won't shut up on Twitter. Um, That's true. So, so, so here's so from a perspective of somebody who's heard a bunch of Hamilton songs but had never seen the show, uh, mm-hmm. and had and a lot of the songs I'd heard were like out of order, and so I experienced them as songs, not as part of a story. My biggest takeaway is that this is a very good musical, which is of course. <laughs> Like we all yes. we all knew that, but like the discourse has been so much about like sort of like the the periphery of it and like what about this and that and but like as a musical, it's yeah. extremely good. There are very few whiffs in terms of songs, maybe just one, and the overall arc of the story is also just tr- like really good. The tension is there, the themes pull yeah. through, the motifs yeah. are good. There is like I have like one complaint when it comes to like my experience as a first time viewer of this musical. And that's very, very that's just like very few in terms of like the experience of like watching and enjoying a musical. Uh, That was also my experience to it, which I was just like, fuck, this is just masterfully done. Yeah, like there's just there's no like the craft of it is just like Jesus Christ. Like there's just no arguing it. Mm hmm. The discourse, it's valid, but I'm surprised how much I didn't hear about just, like you said, like the mo- I, I basically wrote beat for beat exactly what you said. Did you steal my notes, Hank? Did you come <laughs> to my house and, and, and write them down? So in, in a lot of ways, Hamilton reminds me of Rent in that it is, you know, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. It was sort of like the defining musical of its decade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. LMM is a big fan of Rent. And so in that way, it's a little structured out, like how it kind of like creates this stylism in order to tell the story. But I think to me, the thing that I realized about like the Disney Plus version being released is that just Hamilton is a uniquely sophisticated musical, like in the way that it is structured. And um, a big part of it is the way he brings in musical motifs for each character, like you know, Eliza, mm-hmm. and then they that those things will be weaved yep. in whenever there's a new song, mm-hmm. um, like "Here Comes the General." Yeah. Or um, you, you know, you know what Alexander I when I thought of too when when I was watching it is that to me it feels structurally more like a musical score, like fucking John Williams mm-hmm. wrote this or something more than it does <laughs> mm-hmm. an actual musical musical, and I think that's part of what makes it feel so big. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think also it's like that it's a musical with a actually really, really complicated story, especially because usually musicals have very simple stories. They get a lot in. This is usually usually a complaint I have about musicals is that there's like not enough story for the amount of time I spend sitting there. Yeah. And that's that's a me thing. Um, And even in (laughs) even in this case, like a a couple of times I was like, all right, I get it. Let's move on. Let's continue the story. (laughs) Yeah. Because we have to linger on this emotion. But so but so much story happens. And is it Billy Wilder that says that he's like, grab him by the throat and don't let him go. Like, that's basically what it does from the beginning. It just is fucking relentless. Yeah. In a good way. And I think it's it's remarkable because it's a musical in that you don't get lost in the shit million characters. Yeah. Because I think that's another thing that it's really easy to do, especially yeah. like as a first time viewer, right. uh-huh. double especially if you don't know what's going on. Yeah. And yet I was left feeling like if I watched this again, I would get a lo- I would get way more out of it. And, yes. And and even like this needs several viewings. Like mm-hmm. my, my immediate impression was like there's a bunch of stuff I missed. Like yep. there, there were things that I, that like I almost missed and that I like caught on the tail end. And I was like, but it was already gone by the time I noticed it. Yeah. And and that just made me feel like I can really see. And it's it's a real trick to be like, I want to make a piece of content that is both 
watchable and enjoyable uh, the first time, but also really enjoyable the 10th time. It's mm-hmm. easy to do one or the other of those things. Yeah, exactly. That's that was part of my like, that's why Titanic is good. <laughs> and y'all need to shut up and leave yeah. Leonardo babyface DiCaprio alone. <laughs> uh so I guess my shifting, since I, I'm the Hamilton knower, mm, yeah. um, the up. Hamilton defender has locked Hamil on. Hamilton explain us, Lindsay. <laughs> I feel like that that does kind of speak to my shifting relationship with this uh, text, because when it first came out, I liked it a lot. Um, I was like, yeah, this is good, because I saw it. So it was 2016. Mm-hmm. I, I guess it was, it didn't really grab me by the throat like Town did, but oh. like, I was kind of one of those where I, I guess I kind of liked the pieces more than the whole, you mm. know, because it had, it's such individual good songs that yeah. I'm like, oh, this is great. And uh, I did, especially like, I, I never was really, when I would like re-listen to it, I was I'd skip over most of the second act, which now that it's out on Disney Plus, How I'm like, you? huh. Yeah, um, but it just, I don't know, I don't think it translates to listening, and it was only when the Disney Plus version came out, I was like, it's weird that I, no, it's not weird, but like, you know, it just doesn't really translate without those visuals, and without like being able to see the actors. Right, it it, it all, also, it's so self-referential, that the motifs are being relied yeah. on heavily in the second act, yeah, whereas yeah. they're being established in the first, and so the second act, I think probably is just like, is is better experienced as part of the whole as opposed to the first act, which is, you know, designed to be, you are, you are new to the experience of watching this musical, have some new songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it feels like hearing the second verse of a song without having heard the first verse of yeah. it. So there's yeah. no context for what, how much richer it is. Uh, so um, before we start dragging the show, uh, I'm actually, I'm really curious, Kave, because this is like the first time you have like, Unequivocally said, yeah, like said, <laughs> this is the first un, like unqualified thing good, yes, in the, in the history of the show. So it looks like you you went in like expecting to like it and actually did, which honestly surprises yes. me a little. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, there was a few. I mean, I have fucking so many notes that I scribbled down, so I'll try and make sense of all of it. But I think the the first big theme that I loved about it that I was surprised by that I felt like no one prepared me for was that this is a musical about daddy issues. This is about not having a relationship with your father. This is about having a complicated relationship about having a kid. This is about having a complicated relationship with the father figures that you acquire throughout your life and the sort of what that does to you throughout your life. Um, Not to get like too personal, but like I have certainly like many, 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 many men had a complicated (laughs) relationship with my father when I was younger, which has thankfully since been resolved. But um, I was not expecting that. I was expecting it to be a much more like, you know, like the cabinet battles that they had. Mm -hmm. Like I thought it was going to be way more heady and intellectual, but like it's really about it's the the thing I wrote, do you remember that 30 Rock episode where Tracy Morgan just keeps being like, you're not my dad, you're not my dad. Like that's, it's like, you're not my dad, the musical. And like, that, that's yeah. sort of what I thought about it. And it was, it was really emotional. It was, it was way more mm-hmm. of an emotional experience on that angle than I expected it. So that was mm-hmm. like a really pleasant surprise. That really just fucking threw me for a loop. And then the parallel with him and uh, Aaron Burr, you can't argue the craft. The craft is just, it's so good the way that it's done from the way that it's planted in the beginning, the way that those themes come back and the way that it's ultimately sort of the opposite mm-hmm. for both of them by the end of the musical itself. 
uh, is is so well done that you're just like fuck. I can't argue with this. Yeah. <laughs> well, this show um, owes a lot to uh, Jesus Christ Superstar. Uh, oh, interesting. I have, and I know some of the songs. Basically, it's a very structural thing because Jesus Christ Superstar uh, is told from the point of view of Judas, <laughs> who of course betrays Jesus, mm-hmm. and um, it's uh, that was part of the. Uh, you know, kind of controversy when that came out. Obviously, this musical didn't have the same thing. Was the fact that Jesus Christ Superstar is like very sympathetic to Judas and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. spends a lot of like a lot of the musical with him in in much the same way that like Aaron Burr is like almost like a secondary protagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's uh, you know an interesting thing about the framing um, and part of why like a lot of this uh, 2020 discourse is frustrating to me is like the framing is relevant. But I don't think it's fair to say that, aside from Washington, who is pretty unambiguously glorified in Hamilton, mm-hmm. um, everybody else kind of has a lot of like shades of gray. Everyone's allowed to be a Slytherin, like, you know, especially <laughs> Hamilton and Burr, who both get their respective uh, right. humanizing moments. Hamilton, obviously, more. But like, but, I, but even like Washington, though, right, his function to me is... Again, because it's a it's a uh, musical, right? It's it's effectively a piece of fiction. This is not like a documentary musical that we're watching. Mm-hmm. We're watching a piece where it's based on history that they've taken and extrapolated. And it's an adaptation of what's happened. F- Washington is meant to be a father figure to him in the same way that, like, you know, fucking King Roland is what I kept thinking of when I like from Spaceballs <laughs> when I was watching King George. Right? It's yeah. about him not having a father when he's growing up. It's about this absent father that's out in England. It's about this father that's trying to get him to value his own life. Like mm-hmm. Washington is just sort of this, he's not even really Washington. And in, in my view, when I was watching it, it's a function of the story of the themes of, of father right. figures, which of course is funny because of founding fathers and yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. But I'll just throw this into the other thing that I thought of was that in terms of like who the actors are and who Lin-Manuel Miranda is and sort of the context of it being sort of, I don't know if you'd call it revisionist, but I was like, oh, this to me felt like fan fiction almost, but like fan well, nonfiction it's, it's, in a way, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's about framing. And I think that is actually a really important framing uh, thing. That's kind of what it's about, like is yeah. how a life is framed and the fact that you don't have control over that. And um, it's another reason why I'm like, I find this 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 discourse so baffling because it, it is like it owns the fact that how other people frame your life and it is, you know, how you are remembered. And I think that's in that's why, um, you know, it ends on Eliza. Mm-hmm. You know, that is sort of like the story of Eliza Hamilton's life after he died was she because that's another thing about this show is it's like actually pretty accurate. Like a lot of the details will kind of get like condensed. Maybe he'll extrapolate some things like we can talk about Angelica when I start dragging my <laughs> my my problems with the show. Um, most of the sins are sins of omission. But like, I I think that's honestly, to me, like knowing, because I made the mistake of reading the Chernoff book before I saw the show, which was kind of a mistake, because then you're, you're just watching it like, well, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. Yeah. The book is <laughs> better than the movie, than the musical. Yeah, and then you're, yeah, because I was like a stupid mistake because you know most people who go into musicals will probably listen to the music before they uh, go mm-hmm. into it, and I don't like to do that, so I didn't do that. But I did read the book like a fucking dummy. And <laughs> Even so, worse. 
Yeah, it was like, I think it really hampered my enjoyment of it the first time. Uh, but I think that's why it took me like five years to kind of come around <laughs> and be like, uh, and right. like to really appreciate like what was changed and why mm-hmm. um, and not be so distracted by like, well, Angelica's church didn't do that. She was married before they were even. <laughs> yeah. The the Washington framing is, I loved, I loved that part. I loved that character um as mm-hmm. sort of like daddy washington and yeah. um you know and I, I felt like that 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 provided a stability to the show that uh with all of our other like weird crazy dynamics and like super flawed people and it also i think like does that functionally for me in the story of america's founding that like i am interested in all of these and all of the ways these people are flawed and human except kind of george washington who i would just like to kind of imagine as a deity like i don't yeah. really want all of the like i know i know like he was a slave owner i know there's problems but i'm just like can like it's like can we just can you just let me have my my yeah, dad yeah because, my big like- six foot something wooden teeth farmer man um First Can't president. tell a lie. Yeah. Something, something, cherry tree. Yeah. On a horse made of crystal, he patrolled the land with the mason ring and schnauzer in his perfect hands. I mean, I think that's valid, and I think that's part of why America. Because, like, here's the thing that I think a lot of like British people, especially, don't get, because they think in terms of like, uh, you know, very logical the way our government works. Like, you know, Parliament has all the power, blah blah blah, and I don't. Th- think people really own what it does to a national psyche to have this like even if it's just a like a completely symbolic Mm -hmm. like you know thing like in the in the case of the british the monarchy and i know a lot of people that are for abolishing the monarchy and i'm like okay fine whatever but like i i it does serve a purpose that's why it's still there and I guess I'm past the point where I'm interested in like lionizing Washington. I think I actually think he he's a very interesting historical figure if you take him on that on those terms. But I also kind of feel like that's why it's so much of an ask to people be like, okay, yeah, tear down statues of Jefferson Dave, Davis, obviously, but Washington, yeah, ooh, that's an ask, and <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I th- I think. In a lot of ways, the the musical is kind of true to who Washington was because he was very concerned with how people would remember him. Mm. Like that was one of his kind of like defining, especially towards the end of his life. And he was actually kind of uh, conscious of the fact that slavery was going to be a huge mark against him. Like because that's the thing about these guys. They knew that. Like, Mm -hmm. And I guess that's kind of another. I don't know how I feel about this, that the play mentions slavery, but mostly (laughs) Uh kind of glosses over yeah. it it was hard not to like count them there's like four exactly. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like the only in-depth one is a cabinet battle mm-hmm. um where uh, he disses jefferson. jefferson yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. where he's like you don't have debts because you didn't pay for any of your fucking labor basically yeah i think yeah. it's the first rap battle great. right that's great. that one's so yeah. good <laughs> that fucking piano in the background yeah. oh my god yeah, i love yeah. that shit I know I keep bringing up discourse, but it's just like every time I tweet about Hamilton, I keep seeing these same yeah. talking points over and over again. And that makes me wonder. I'm like, because, you know, they're, they're, when there was a um, the line about their objective art criticism. Do you remember that after The Last Jedi came out? No. Like, this is an objectively bad movie and I can prove it with math. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sure. all came back to one YouTuber, you know, <laughs> at, who started that that line of thought and then it just snowballed from there. And right. now I'm wondering, like, 
Is, is there is there a similar thing going There's on? There's some essay like, somewhere I haven't read yet. Yeah, yeah, I'm just like, where is this coming from? Where are they all getting the exact same talking points? Mm-hmm. The thing in this case is like, well, why use hip hop? Um, why cast people of color? It, and the really uncharitable read is um, you're trying to like, you know, revise history. You're trying to make it palatable for a modern audience. And I'm like, no, mm, it's because it's because it's because rem- they reminded him of Biggie and Tupac. That's it. It's not deeper than that. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like the Ten Dual Commandments is a direct reference to the Ten Crack Commandments. It's. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, it's like it's that fan. It's the fan fiction kind of thing. It's taking ownership of something and saying, oh, mm-hmm. I see myself in this. I'm going to fucking do it this way now. And I don't yeah. really give a shit if it's canon because it's mine. Yeah. And that's something that we can do. And that's I think that's what people fucking love about it. Right. At least that's what I thought was interesting. It gives an angle to view it from, from a different angle to view it from where you you disconnects it somewhat from the, the version that we were taught in elementary yeah. school and high school. And it, and it gives you a sense of like how this story is happening now in a way, right? Mm-hmm. Of like, here are these young people who like are fucking fed up with whatever the establishment is. And mm-hmm. Aaron Burr is sort of this, I mean, this is, now it's like a dirty word when people are like, oh, he's like a moderate and he's like in the middle and he's like sort of waiting and, <laughs> yeah. and he's like the fucking enemy of it. And you're, and Hamilton's just like, no, we want change now. Like we want this to, like, that's what I thought yeah. when I was watching it. I was like, oh, this is interesting. Like it's. It's yeah. parallel. Yeah, and, and that happened. is pretty accurate. Like yeah. uh, he like Aaron Burr was like the OG centrist. Yeah. yeah. And that's why Hamilton hated him. Because uh, <laughs> Hamilton was an asshole. Like he was such a Slytherin. <laughs> like he yeah. uh or, are we not using that anymore? <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh, hasn't JK Rowling oh, been canceled? No. <laughs> Shit, okay. He, what but that's the, Slytherin okay. still exists though. Side note, like you know, that that's the problem with like erasing Harry Potter from the vernacular is it gave us so many convenient ways to describe <laughs> yeah. things. We didn't have it the turn, language. Turns out before. cultural references are useful. Um, yeah. And I, I think that there, like there's a lot of that conversation going on now and it, it's really, it's re- refreshing to see that it is this just human story. And if you get to spend two and a half hours inside of it, you get that deeper personal connection that you don't get with, with normal history. My yeah. big thought on this too was like kind of what, what we were talking about earlier, which is the craft is so exemplary and different from everything else that you've seen or that I've seen that mm-hmm. I feel like the discourse about who these people were, if they were slave owners and you know what they did, it, which is clearly a totally valid concern. I think it's just two different discussions that people are having. I think yeah. the what people are reacting well, I think it's, to it's, is it's is, not because people like um they the the fact that the craft is so engaging is kind of what's threatening to them. Sure. Right, if it wasn't good and people didn't No like one cares it, about 1776 the musical. Yeah. <laughs> like no one is threatened by that. It's like the fact that like cuz that's like cuz as I'm, every time I was rewatching it I was like God, I feel like no one really talks about the fact that Lin-Manuel Miranda is a really good rapper. Like he's really yeah. good at that craft, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. exceptionally he's, he's so. so good at it. <laughs> and um, like that, it's, it's not, it's not enough that, um, what, you know, white people love this musical. It's like the fact that he can access a younger generation because he is so good at this particular craft, mm-hmm. um, especially a version of the craft that is kind of falling out of uh, vogue, you know, because it's, it's it's a lot more mumblecore-ish now. Uh, right. Well, I guess mumblecore, but you know, uh, SoundCloud rap stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I th- I think it is like the the fact that he is so good at it is part of the problem because then you know that that will make 
people yeah. <laughs> like oh. George Washington. Okay, that's a fair point. I didn't think about it like that. Yeah. I mean, that, that's that's a lot of the the, the the discourse I see. I need to stop using that word. It's a bad word. The the other so so another Discussion. thing I will I am curious uh, to talk about and interested in. So I've heard these songs a bunch, and and like they showed up in my life, and so I started listening to them. But I had not heard uh, several of the songs that are in the musical. And in particular, I had not heard any of King George's parts. And really? so I had this so good. No, don't change the subject. I had this so overall, overall feeling about Hamilton that like almost all of the songs were really serious. And if there were jokes, then they were little jokes inside of serious moments. And then the fact that you get this, I don't, there's, I'm, there's a word for, for the role. There's like that, interludes. That the, yeah. Sort these of. interludes um, yeah. that are, that are like giving you some time to process yeah. From this from this external perspective that is so stylistically different. It's like you've gone from like 90s 2000s hip hop to mm-hmm. uh to, to like, like a the breakup Beatles. song. Like, yeah. Like yeah, like a 1960s, 1960s breakup song. Yeah. Da, um, da, 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 it is very Beatles, yeah. Yeah. And, but also that it's done so well. It's just like, a, like that was the song I was singing after the musical. Yeah, me too. <laughs> that was what was in my head. The, the next day, it was, it was not that anymore. I don't remember what. It was my shot the next day. And then, and then a week later, it was Hurricane, which I, fi- I always find it really fascinating what songs, like yeah, yeah. the lives yeah. that they play in my, my, my head in, the, in like the week directly after I watch a musical. Um, because mm-hmm. you always leave singing the catchiest song, but I feel like a week later you're singing a yeah, different song. Yeah, that's when it starts song. to resonate. Yeah, the one that like, yeah, yeah. kind of latches on and in, in mm-hmm. like your brain goes deepest. But, but like, but yeah, even that, the King George one too is like it. It serves that function, right? It's that oh, it's here's this person Absolutely. who's singing a song from the '60s while all these people are doing like uh-huh. you know hip hop and something mm-hmm. far more yeah. contemporary. It's, like it's, yeah. it's rooted it's in like story. British. It feels. Brit- yeah. It feels like British yeah. invasion-y, yeah. and it's just like ah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, that's the thing. Chef's like that kiss. was <laughs> yeah. back when I back when it first came out because I had all these friends that like saw it like you know at the public theater and now obviously that's like a mark of like I was there uh-huh, uh-huh. I was there during the off Broadway run <laughs> yeah but, ten like, thousand that was, years ago <laughs> yeah such a oh my god it is because like that was like such a almost a celebration because like back in 2015 eight thousand years ago like it wasn't really. Um, trendy sure. to cast people of color in Broadway musicals mm. in in a racially blind way in the mm. way that it is now, even that like, mm-hmm. you know, in that short a span of time. And I just remember part of the thing was like, people were so happy, not only that like a POC had written this musical, but like, um, you know, the fact that the, you know, the American style of music in the show mm-hmm. was hip hop. And then it was contrasted with that British invasion style. Mm-hmm. And I just remember like my friends who saw it, like thought it was so clever and it was so like, you know, <laughs> yeah. And like, you, you forget about, like, this is always a process in anything mm-hmm. I learn about, like you forget about the things that you found really charming and amazing as time goes mm-hmm. on and your relationship with the thing deepens. Yeah. Um, whereas like I'm coming in and I'm like, I've never heard these songs before. And I was just like, Mike, my, my, I looked at Catherine's watching with me and like both of our faces just lit up and we were like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. And what he doesn't this? move. That's the amazing thing. He just stands. Yeah, he's like marionette like with the yeah. and just. They do it again too with Jefferson later when he's like, oh, I've been in France and he comes back and then he's uh-huh. playing like his number is like this weird like fucking 1950s like jukebox thing. I gotta be in Monticello. Now the work at home begins. 
Mm-hmm. That yeah, shows yeah. how much he's just fucking like that establishes yeah. his character as being totally like not like right. you know has no idea what's happening in the times. Like he's archaic and almost. There's two. Yeah, there's, but it's still that un-American style of music, right. yeah, yeah, just yeah. an archaic one. Mm-hmm. There's two things about this that absolutely astounds me. One is that you have the idea at all to get across that perspective with a different style of music. The other, yeah. though, is that like it's one thing to be good at writing the kind of music that most of Hamilton is. It's mm-hmm. another thing to be like, also, I'm going to write a, like a couple bops that are really great yeah. in a completely <laughs> different style that are like not parodies. They're not yeah. like making fun of that kind of music. They are good versions of that music. Yeah. And I'm like, how do mm-hmm. you do that? One more thing before we move on, just because we're fawning over the music still. Because uh, <laughs> I watched it again and I was listening to it. The other thing I thought was really great is this is a small detail when uh, what's her name Eliza is teaching him the piano, where she's mm-hmm. like, "Good." That's the ten dual commandments. Ten dual commandments. Yeah, and oh it fucking my comes God, back no! later, and yeah. it stops at nine. He says, "I'm nine, and he says, "I'm nine years old." Because it fuck it, that's foreshadowing that he's going to get killed because no, he doesn't take the 10th no, shot. No. You're just like, yeah. fuck. So many layers. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's the thing. That's why I'm like, this is, I mean, uh, Lemuel Miranda, he's not that old. I think he's like your age. He's 40. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, he is never, ever going to top this. No. Because, well, yeah. Of, like, just how much time and energy it took to obviously, like, get all of these, because there's so many elements in the show, and I just, like, it almost kind of bums me out, because he seems like one of these guys that doesn't know how to say no to a project, and, (laughs) Yes, he now has every opportunity that could potentially be available to him, and he, I I know that, I know that feeling of of being like, well, I have to take the opportunity, and you're like, ah, but I'm not doing any of them the way that I did did that one thing. Yeah, like the mm-hmm. one yeah. thing. So I'm like, I, I support his journey. I love that he's on every TV show now and in every movie. <laughs> uh, but like, that's yeah. like, he's never going to have enough time or mental energy yeah. to, mm-hmm. to like, you know, bring all of those elements together like that. Yeah, there's just a lot. Like every time you rewatch it, you like catch little things like, you know, not just with the lyrics, but like, you the know, themes. like the way it ties in with like the yeah. music specifically. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, again, <laughs> I just was like, oh, my God. And he only counts to nine and he doesn't go to 10 because he doesn't take the shot because that's what he taught his son to do. And that's also what he does. And it's also that the it's just Ugh. like, uh, holy shit, that's so hard to do. <laughs> well, I'm going to come back to that because I like in a strange turn of fate, I probably am the person with the most problems with Hamilton mm. in this chat room. <laughs> we haven't had uh, time yet. Yeah, we just watched it like four days yeah, ago. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Kava. Usually you are like, all right, here's the list of sins. Things I don't like. Here's an itemized list of 30 years of disagreements. Sweet Jesus. I think the only thing that I really genuinely begrudge it and I wish was changed was the act breaks. Um, I don't like where the act breaks are. Um, I think it should have ended act one after uh, the world turned upside down, Revolutionary War. Because that just kind of like, you have this big energetic, we did it, we won. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts to King George. And then you have like another 10 minutes of getting yeah, yeah. the government up and running. And then Act One I agree. ends. I agree. Because uh, when I went back yeah. and watched it the second time, I was like, I, that's where I was expecting it to end. And I was like, oh, wait, no, fuck, what? Yeah, no, it's still going. Yeah. You're right, you're right. Oh. I, I, In my brain, I thought that that was actually part of the second act. And I didn't quite 
see the delineation yeah. is happening there. And You're I know right. I know why they did it. Uh, a lot of it has to do with like the actors in Act One. Um, uh, you know, Lafayette Mulligan, uh, Lynn Lawrence uh, having different parts in act two, but I just didn't think it was necessary to really be like such a break. That was one thing. But uh, I think to me, the bigger thing, which I, I don't really begrudge it because I think it, it needs to be there in order for the emotional climax to make sense. But basically every scene with a woman in it, mm-hmm. I'm going to forward. I feel like not, no, not here for it. It feels so like 90s Tim Allen movie to me like <laughs> dad you need you work too hard yeah. you need to like yeah. for such a like you know i guess sophisticated progressive story the way it integrates women is so cliche it's so 90s you know it's like the only function again up until the end that Eliza has is like mm-hmm. mooning over him yeah. and then come away on vacation like, take a break i have to get my plan through congress I can't stop till I get this plan through Congress. And you can see he's like doing this like, you know, lean in feminism thing with like the girl boss song that people like for some reason, um, where, uh, you know, they're like, work it. And <laughs> and it's like, I see what you're doing. And I don't I don't envy you this task because obviously he needed to beef up the female parts. Yeah. I'm just like, I don't, I don't think there is any way you could make that work. This uh, this comes into to my to my main like uh, feeling of the the biggest whiff in the musical for me, which is obviously you need to go into the sex scandal storyline, mm-hmm. and the whole musical is completely um, asexual until it goes full horny for yeah. one song. <laughs> it's a full horny he cucks on me. the guy, he just straight up cucks that dude. Yeah, it's just like really, it's like wildly horny. She turned red. She led me to. Spread and hey. In a song that I I I could not get behind because it was is is a little weird. It's a little like I am I'm I'm so in control. Yeah. This woman has and so it kind controlled of me. Blames her. Yeah, yeah. It's like, like it's not like I don't know how to say. And I'm like, just say fucking no to this. Like, say, like yeah, there's there's a no way to, to do that so- that that storyline. That I feel like there has to be a way that engages with the reality of like Hamilton and, and also to introduce some elements of sexuality before that, because his whole relationship with Eliza, it's just like this, like pure Disney love, not like the, well here, I mean, here's the thing. If I may history explain for a sec. Okay. That's what we're here Um, for. So the reason John Lawrence is a character in Hamilton, he's not a very major historical figure. Mm -hmm. Um, He's an interesting one, uh, but he and Hamilton had this like, you know, if if they if he if there had been a bisexuality subplot, it would have been more historically oh, accurate mm, than the relationship to Angelica Church. Um, mm. And in his letters to John Lawrence, or at least a few of them, he is like negging Eliza, like eh, she's kind of you know, like he's just like straight, like well, she's not very interesting and she's kind of plain, but she is rich. Um, wow. And so he just did not seem very interested well, in her sexually. Maybe. Well, unless like that, unless like they actually had a relationship, in which case. He's making him feel that's that's if I had if I had if I had a boyfriend, but like we couldn't be together, I would I would neg my wife in my letters to him. 
you know? Yeah. 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 yeah it is. So it's, it's kind of funny, but like, uh, he, oh man, the, the letters between Hamilton and John Lawrence, if you want like a, a wild ride, like they, they're just, I mean, it's kind of the same between his letters to Angelica because like that was also a big thing was, uh, you know, a lot of speculation that he had this relationship with Angelica because of the nature of their letters, but mm-hmm. they were very like, you know, 18th century, like my dearest friend, you are the like song of my soul. Says, my dearest Angelica, with the comma after dearest, you've written my dearest Angelica. It's it's legit. Like it, uh, mm-hmm. I guess like it's 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 also legit with Lawrence and there, there's a part of me that's like, man, Missed opportunity. <laughs> Missed opportunity. For sure. You could have given us that representation Fuck. that we are so we are so lacking. All we have is fucking marine well, from here, rent. This is so this is a, this is not a criticism, but it is a, it is a realization <laughs> that Lin Manuel Miranda was writing this to be a popular musical. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And so there there are there are like there are still lines too far. And like, I don't think yeah. that this would be uh, on Disney plus if there was a bisexuality subplot. And like, that's not, that's like not excusing that. Uh, but I like, I'm sure I think, it, I don't, I don't think it belongs in this show, honestly, because like you already have enough, like who else is he going to fuck? Like he's, <laughs> well, I mean, take somebody else out. There, there's this part in the very beginning where it's like the three girls say we loved him and one of them is the one whose pimp is extorting him and I'm just like yep. <laughs> did you love him? Did you love him? Are you sure you loved him? He gave you 30 bucks and then you fucked him in front of his, 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 his your, your husband. You like, see that is, is not that a love? new kink. <laughs> that is yeah, no, I'm not sure that that's Alexander love. Hamilton was the bull. <laughs> um, yeah, it, I, I'm hep to the jive. Um we always get into weird, like sexually aggressive dialogue in our. I mean, podcasts. we haven't even talked about the Hall this of Daddies yet. This keeps happening, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> George Washington, Dad, but also Daddy. Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> You're nothing without Washington behind you. Hamilton, Daddy's calling. I felt like saying no to this was the was the 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 biggest part where it felt like. Uh, yeah, it, it just felt yeah. like Forward women were uh, being used as a as a plot device that contr- controlled things and and but did not have any agency themselves somehow. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and, and like you can see him trying to push that in a different direction. Yeah, and like the history does kind of bear that out, especially again with his relationship to Angelica Church, which is weirdly kind of like okay. So uh, I'm, I'm going to try to keep this brief, but like. <laughs> They did a lot of politicking back and forth uh, during the war where he she was living in England. And so he would like send her instructions for like, you need to like schmooze this diplomat. Mm -hmm. You need to get this guy on my side. You need to. Mm -hmm. So she was actually uh, arguably a bigger uh, asset to the revolution than um, Hercules Mulligan. Mm -hmm. Um, And instead. (laughs) That's disappointing. That would have been great to see. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Instead, they. Make it a you know another love unrequited story. love story, yeah. 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 And it's like I can see why in a popular musical, emotionally, that's where you would want to go. But instead, instead of kind of playing up like you know the history of it, which would you know check off the feminist box, yeah, it's a way just more performative. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. like I think that's why I don't love um, the song the Skylar Sisters. Whenever they're like you know they just say the word work eight thousand times. Work, like if work. we say it, that means it's feminism. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and, and but we did at the it, end guys. Of the day, we won. Yeah, we did it. At the end of the day, functionally, that is the the function of the female characters is to be you know props in Alexander's life. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. need the cheating subplot because like that's what the entire last part of his life hinges on. Mm-hmm. And I love the Reynolds pamphlet and I love <laughs> the, the, the hurricane where he's like, all right, play, uh, overwhelm them with honesty. Eye of the hurricane. This is the only way I can protect my legacy. My apology yeah. video will solve this problem. Yeah. Oh my God. It's like that. That is the because I keep talking, joking about how like people are, are treating Alexander Hamilton like he's a YouTuber. Yeah. But that is true. Like he made. It kind of reminds me of like the Shane Dawson thing that mm-hmm. just happened, where he released an apology video and it made things so much so much worse. worse. Yeah. yeah. And like, like and like they make the and you make these like you know in the same way that he wrote like a, a ninety page long apology or like explanation. Yeah. Um, you make these like hour and a half long videos where it's like, I well, have to go into everything. Then I guess yeah. I'll like, I have to go everything. through all my transgressions and explain what I learned. Yeah. I'll, like toss a little black lives matter activism in at the end and I'm sure it'll be okay. I use my platform. Yeah. Well, that's, that's good dramatic irony for that character. Right. Cause like writing is what got him to where he was and it's yeah. ultimately what yeah. did him. This is the part that, that was most resonant to me where I was like, Oh yeah. Like I, I, I acquired the the influence that I have at the moment through like talking and whenever mm-hmm. something happens to me that I feel like is unjust I want to talk my way out of that too mm. but I've luckily watched many people including Alexander Hamilton now go through this and go badly <laughs> for them that I I can I can stay my hand and and wait wait at wait it out a little bit before I like have the immediate no I must explain to you why I the powerful one am in the right yeah wait for it. I, I must learn from the Aaron Burr, yes. sir. <laughs> yeah. And there are historians that think that he might have just completely made it up, like the extortion plot, and he actually was embezzling. Oh, um, oh interesting. <laughs> and then he made, up, <laughs> he, made up, he made up the cuckoldry. Speaking of contemporary stories. Yeah. And then, like, he just completely shot himself in the... F- I don't believe that. I'm like, if you're gonna lie... If you're gonna make something up. W- yeah. Why would you make make a make it like I was cucking this dude's wife <laughs> yeah. and like he extorted me? Like surely you can come up with a better story. <laughs> I feel like all that stuff needs to be there because uh, yeah. I guess the difference between like a musical like Hades Town and a musical like Hamilton is like Hades Town. I'm like I will watch that shit front to back. Like there's no part that drags for me yeah. uh, except for maybe flowers when she's like crying alone in the middle of the stage, but like mm-hmm. skip that one <laughs> too many feelings, like too many notes. Um, <laughs> but uh, with Hamilton, it's like, I, I, it tends to be the, um, especially in the second act, uh, like it's the ones where like the women are playing like the nineties mom. Mm-hmm. And so I'll like skip it. But like, and, and as a whole, like as, as a musical, as a show, it doesn't bother me because I'm like, the last 10 minutes of Hamilton are like perfect to me. Yeah. The love actually guy, like you are perfect to yeah. me. <laughs> like, yeah. like, and I don't think it would work if it didn't have that foundation of like, you know, Eliza's devotion and conflicting feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that, that's why he ends it on her. And as much as I feel like the, most of the feminist stuff is kind of like forced, I think that the ending is, is super not, I think the ending works perfectly. And I think there, uh, in the last five years, again, even though I, I did like, wasn't super into Hamilton, I don't think I have listened to anything on Spotify as much as the last three numbers from Hamilton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, I would just like listen to that over and over and just like cry. And like, it's, it's weird to, to, uh, in the moments where you, you, uh, see the ways in which, 
music is playing you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is very, that's feels very apparent in the, in, in the dual scene where it's just like, and it's sort of like spoken word at that point. It's, it's almost yeah. not even hip hop. And the way that he's just like, I'm going to hit you with every motif and you're going to go through the whole yeah, show yeah. again. And I'm like, mm, I was just feeling all the feelings now. And then it's like, and now we've got you in this heightened place and we're going to like, you are now the musical instrument that the music is playing and the, and the uh, sounds that it will make are sobs. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, especially like again, like the last song is nothing new. It's um, really just like this very seamless culmination mm-hmm. of these motifs that have been introduced mm-hmm. and yeah. are now sort of in their like final Pokemon evolution. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, specifically with the whole, uh, and that was sort of the thing I, I, I think is most interesting. Like, how does it resonate with you? Like the idea of like a legacy. And who lives, who dies, who tells your story. And that's the weird thing about emotions. Like, you know, it's my job to have an emotional reaction to a thing and then be able to articulate exactly where it comes from. And I like even to this day, again, having like listened to the last 10 minutes of Hamilton at least 500 times over the last five years, Mm -hmm. um, I still can't really articulate what it is about this idea of Eliza fighting to form someone else's legacy Mm -hmm. that really hits with me so hard. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And it leans into the fact that her life didn't end when his did. And in a way that's almost kind of a subversion um, Mm -hmm. because it's like, you know, and it kind of plays up like not only did she advocate for his legacy, which she absolutely did, but like because she Mm -hmm. lived so long, she was able to do um, a -hmm. lot more than just, you know, drag his reputation out of the mud, which was <laughs> a lifelong struggle. I interview every soldier who fought by your side. I try to make sense of your thousands of pages of writings. You really do write, but you're running out of time. Yeah, it's a, it's a very romantic framing of history revisionism. Um, and I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing because, like, Hamilton's reputation was just completely trashed uh, by his political enemies, not, you know, for any real reason other than, like, we want that bank to go away and, yeah, never the Electoral College, weirdly. (laughs) But, but, yeah, it's mostly, like, the financial system, um, which I guess is its own, like, thing we could could talk about another day. His financial system is a work of genius. I couldn't undo it if I tried. And I tried. You know, she she really did believe like, you know, that was like a lifelong struggle for her. And uh, I think that that is sort of reflective of the way that, you know, we are engaging with history right now is it is a you know, it's it's sort of like a constant changing thing. And in Hamilton, it's deeply personal because it's his wife. But in general, I think it's like, you know, it, it's just what happens is you you have no control over your legacy or whether anyone remembers you, let alone how they remember you. And I, I think that is a really haunting thing to even speculate on. It's terrifying. And uh, I think that the thing about Hamilton is it's reassuring about that, like that it, you know, it's okay to let other people handle your legacy and your memory. Yeah. And, and I mm-hmm. think sort of what my emotional takeaway from it was, particularly at the end, had a lot more to do with your life is not only your own. It also belongs mm-hmm. to the people around you. And, and yet you don't like Cloud Atlas. <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about form and craft? That movie is not fucking on point. 
Uh, I agree with the themes, maybe, but yes. I mean, but I'm saying, like, in terms of what you were saying, like, what it hits you with emotionally, it's like mm-hmm. all he's thinking about is what about me? What about me? What about my reputation? What about this? What about this? Mm-hmm. Honor? Like, he's never thinking about it. You know, t- at the end of the day, like, Aaron Burr is not his enemy. He is his own fucking worst enemy. He's the one who yeah, essentially yeah. pulls the trigger on himself because of his own actions, mm-hmm. right? Because all Hamilton's doing is thinking about what's best for him. He's not thinking about what's best for everybody else around he's him. He's not even thinking about what's best for him. He's thinking about what's That's best true. for him. He's not even doing that. Right. Right. And there's these nice little cute human moments where they're like, oh, that's how easy it is to get a road named after you. Hey, did you hear the news about good old General Mercer? No. You know Claremont Street. Yeah. They renamed it after him. The Mercer legacy is secure. Sure. And all he had to do was die. Yeah, that's a lot less work. We ought to give it a try. And and Hamilton has that like repeatedly, you know, throughout yeah. the show. It, it's yeah. just like, you know, Burr is very much like, I am alive and so I must do something with it. And Hamilton is like, I lived, but like, I, and, and so like, what I want is that martyrdom legacy that he yeah. is ultimately going to be denied because of his own mistakes. Yeah, but yeah. And like that Eliza, you know, at least from the perspective of the musical, I don't know how this is reflected historically, like works to actually get him the one thing he really only ever cared about because of his daddy issues. Yep. Yeah. I think the weird thing is like the, 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 the turning the page on Hamilton really only came about like um, when that Chernoff book came out in yeah. around 2005. Mm. And now it's kind of gone back. So there was like a period of 10 years where we were like, maybe Hamilton is good, actually. And now it's like, never mind. Maybe They're not. all bad. <laughs> <laughs> They're all trash. <laughs> Do I want to ask you guys a question about Hamilton. Is it the right call to have the Lin-Manuel Miranda be Hamilton? That's a good question. I- I think it was his right call. Yeah. Um, it was the right call for him, uh, for his career, you mean? I, I, I mean, for this show. <laughs> I, I talked to Sarah uh, about this, actually, where I was like, 100%, if I fucking wrote that thing, there's no fucking way you're stopping me from acting in it and singing in it. And like, yeah. I do not fault him at all. I don't care if I'm not a great singer. Yeah. Especially I don't if you care. can do it. Like, if you are yeah. capable of pulling it off, yeah. Like, he barely, because I, I the the guy I saw was not LMM. It was his understudy who took over for him. Yeah. Uh, Javier Muniz. And uh, I think the thing is like the, co- the consistent com- comment I see is every subsequent Hamilton has been a superior Hamilton because yeah. like, uh, but you know, at the same time, I'm like, I do not begrudge that man. Yeah, you know, not it was at me. all. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't, but yeah, I didn't necessarily like love his voice. I found it a little bit like nasally, like it is, I am it Alexander Hamilton is, talking about, ba, 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 yeah. right? like, but again, fucking, I totally get it, dude. Like, like a beastie boy. Oh, am I talking too loud? Sometimes I get overexcited, shoot off at the mouth. No, I'm not even going to shit on you. And it doesn't, that's why I didn't even bring it up. I'm like, whatever, bro. Like, I'm not even going to fuck with your shit because you're clearly so much better at this. It's a minor yeah, thing. But, I, but yes. Have, there are two moments in the musical where I felt like Lin-Manuel Miranda was in it and not Alexander Hamilton. Uh, interesting. And uh, one of them was because I'd been, I'd been spoiled and was told to feel that way, um, <laughs> which is at the, ver- the very end. Um, and uh, when he's like holding Eliza's hand and like bringing her forward after he's dead. And like at this mm-hmm. point that like he is, he is transformed from being that character to being the playwright who is giving her a chance to tell her story. And that's really lovely. And I think a great frame yeah. to look at that through. And I don't know if that's reflected in reality or not, but I think it's, I think it's a, a poignant way of doing it. Mm-hmm. The other yeah. is this totally throwaway line where they're talking about, uh, Alexander Hamilton having being nicknamed the Tomcat or something. 
they delighted and distracted him Martha Washington named her feral tomcat after him. That's true. And he I, like looks at I, the camera. Yeah, and, I'm, and I'm like, well, Lynn's here. And like, that's, that's interesting to me. Like we, we've, we are at a moment in history where there, we, you know, we, Lindsay, you talk about this all the time. I think about it all the time. I think about it in my own work um, that like there's like people are public figures and they are also creators and you cannot really separate the creator from the creation like we once yeah. could. Yeah. Uh, even if you ever could, you definitely can't now. And in like really real, real ways, I know when uh, like um, probably a majority of people read my book, they know quite a lot about me. And so I can nod to things that will be and, and like recognize that like I am a part of the creation. Like I am in there. And, right. you know, I, like one, I don't begrudge him it. Um, mm -hmm. to, but like, it also sort of allows, allows for a little bit of playfulness in that space. Yeah. Cause there, there is all like, even at the time there was already a little like Lynn brand. Well, Miranda, if you will. <laughs> yeah. It already <laughs> a little bit existed. Separating art from the artist is a very topical, more than usual discussion mm -hmm. right now. <laughs> um, and that is kind of another uh, weird thing that I learned is like that, you know, there is this sort of antipathy towards Lin-Manuel Miranda, like even in Puerto Rico, or especially in Puerto Rico, um, because of Hamilton. And really? uh, like, it's, yeah, there, um, cause I, initially I thought it was just like, oh, it's cause Hamilton's popular, but like, no, there's a controversy that is kind of grounded in legitimacy, uh, and mm. having to do with like the hurricane and fundraising and austerity measures, um, that uh, were put in place in order to receive funds. Um, and it looks like it's a complicated thing, but like, again, it's like, I have seen a lot of people because he is so attached to this text be mm -hmm. like, sort of like, okay, it's discussion. That's not completely unfair, especially now that he is so famous. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So cast round of favorites. I, I personally loved David Diggs. Yeah. I was going to say David Diggs. Yeah. For, for, I watched it with my mom. She fucking loved him too. Also, fun fact, the town I went to high school in up north is uh, is Lafayette, California. So that was like a great <laughs> shout out to see General Lafayette. I was like, represent. <laughs> Our boy. Uh, I also loved Hercules Mulligan, is that what his name was? I love that yeah. actor. He was so good in both parts. It was, it was, he played uh, Madison, right? Uh, yeah, Oak uh, Oneida one. Yeah, yeah, he was fucking great. I loved that guy. Actually, I, I liked you know a lot of them, but those two were my favorites, obviously. Yeah. I like, Lindsay, how you referred to Aaron Burr as a secondary protagonist, because I really felt that, whereas I expected to sort of, like, hate him the whole time. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, but, like, Leslie Odom Jr., I mean, are you kidding? Yeah. Quite well, he's, like, like, I don't know, he's, like, so perfect in that role because he's so, like, baby-faced and has such, like, this soothing voice, mm -hmm. but he's able to, like, sort of evoke this really subtle sinisterness that, like... Mm -hmm. It feels almost too subtle for theater, you know? You're watching it and you're like, I can kind of see where this guy would be, like, a killer. Mm -hmm. uh, but, like, at the same time, it's been so much time. Because I think another thing that we haven't mentioned yet is uh, Dear Theodosia. That was the first one where I was like, tear coming down. I'll do whatever it takes. I'll make a million mistakes. I'll make the world safe and sound for you. Yeah, speaking of like, you know, the 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 father well, I guess in that case father daughter, but like uh, you know, the mm -hmm. the the 
concept of father and fatherhood, yeah. uh, uh, which I think is weird. I don't think uh, Lin-Manuel was a father at the time because that uh, I think is maybe the most humanizing moment in the entire show is having them talk about like their children. Yeah, um, and I love that they like, do it as a duet too. I thought that was a really beautiful mm-hmm. song. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I guess to me, like, you know, David Diggs is the most entertaining. Yeah, for sure. Um, I feel like Leslie Odom Jr. is the one that makes me feel the most feelings mm-hmm. and you know i i don't know it's just like it's weird so i just like his face i like the <laughs> yeah. things i like the things he does with his face yeah. I, I, just, <laughs> I like the way he moves it around and arranges it in expressions that are uh-huh. you know appropriate for uh i mean I think that's why he, he like so seamlessly like jumped into film like because he has a subtlety yeah. to him that makes me surprised mm-hmm. that he started on stage because right. that is a lot of the uh problem whenever people make the jump is like it's a very different right. um mm-hmm. But way of acting. Which is actually a question I had for you, which was that because we saw it on Disney Plus, we saw it as a you know pro shot. So there's edits and there's cuts. Oh yeah, and I mean, so, yeah. I've got some. I got some thoughts. <laughs> but but I was wondering like how much did it play? Because that was you know something we briefly talk about usually mm-hmm. is at least the sets, right? And the set yeah. design and like I I didn't really pay attention to fucking any of it because no, it's so edited and you're, I wonder how much of a different experience it would have been having seen it in the theater and just, cause it didn't look like it was particularly sophisticated or crazy. It just was pretty straightforward, which is okay. Partially it feels like, cause there's so much happening, but I didn't know if that would have made it boring seeing it in person. Yeah. I honestly think uh, the edit does it a really big disservice in the uh, interest of making it look more like a movie. Mm. Um, it is again, it's kind of like Hades town where it's one of these shows that just kind of has a lot going on at any given time. Yeah. And the lighting will tell you where to direct your eye, but mm. um, it, it is for the most part a show where there's just a lot going on mm-hmm. um, in, in the background that a lot of which is cut out because they, um, keep cutting back to, uh, you know, close-ups. Um, yeah. And I think mm-hmm. there are times where it's like, okay, that's fine. Like when King George is on stage, like it, that is, that's it. Like there's, there's no reason not to cut to a close-up, but like, I feel like it really underutilized masters and um, like I'm, and I think it, like there were some moments that were like a little Bohemian Rhapsody <laughs> uh, with the editing. Mm-hmm. Um because that that has been like the consistent like I have a I have a colleague uh, Sidana Blaka he wrote an article that was like uh, you know d- discussed that like the fact that it works so well on Disney Plus is kind of almost despite the editing and despite the way it's filmed <laughs> uh, mm. because it's like such a great show and so engaging but it really does kind of miss a lot in the interest of making it look more like a conventional movie my hot take yeah. Mm. I, I also had uh, subtitles on when I was watching it, which was very helpful. Oh, which yes. I imagine would have been very yeah. different. <laughs> yeah, I think seeing I it in person. I, I was able to catch a lot more uh, mm-hmm. with subtitles. Like it definitely, I think it, it it lionizes Washington more than any of the other characters. But I really like the way Washington exits the show, which is like kind of quoting. Um, the uh, like his actual address where he talks about knowing that he made many errors mm-hmm. um, yeah. or the, the really probability cool. that he made many errors and that yeah. he hopes that future people will view them with indulgence and how that, you know, yeah. really ties in mm-hmm. with like not only the historical Washington, who obviously was very, you know, conscious of this and, you know, because like that's the weird thing. It's like it feels easy to, um, you know, imply that like. We, you know, you're you're making a fanfic about how Washington is very conscious of his role in history, but who would know that? You know, who could mm-hmm. possibly know? No, he knew. Like he mm-hmm. totally knew. And yep. um, I, I, I kind of feel like we're also 
kind of in a period like that right now. But in a weird way, it's hard to tell for what reason, like what direction is history going to go that um, means that this this period is going to be remembered uh, and probably not with indulgence for our many errors. Certainly not. Well, yeah, but also like how how poignant the like central tension of the show is where like one person is saying, I don't know which way this is going to go. Do you support this constitution? Of course. Then defend it. And what if you're backing the wrong horse? You know, don't ask me to like sign on to your constitution right now. It's a mess. And like, who knows what, what the future holds. And the other person is like, yeah, but you have to do what's right. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to shape um, it. We have to compromise. You can't wait for it. You have to shape it. Yeah. It's take your shot. Mm-hmm. The art of the con- like that's another word of re- like there's so many great lines like especially from the room where it happened where it's like the art of the compromise mm-hmm. uh, hold your nose and close your eyes and then uh, we all want our leaders to save the day but we don't get a say in what they trade away yeah um, I think and that's another thing is like I don't think that like it's it's fawning over America the last line in the show that even references America is uh, Hamilton at the duel saying America, you great unfinished symphony. And um, that's the last thing that is said. And I think that's, you know, sort of the story of America. And I, and it, I, it frustrates me whenever people think of like what our laws are now or what our culture is now as immutable because it was constructed to be fluid because they knew things were going Mm -hmm. to change. And, you know, I think it's, you know, poetic, you know, this idea of an unfinished symphony and, you know, in a way, it will always be that as long as it exists. It's a living document. Mm-hmm. The living yeah. document. That's what it's supposed to be. Well, with that, I guess uh, that's that's our very special episode. Yay. Thank you so <laughs> much. About musicals in America. America. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Next yeah. time we'll do 1776. The musical. <laughs> I've been getting Twitter uh, mentions about that. I don't even know what that is. Uh, you know, what's really sad is it was actually going to be doing a tour here Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> womp, womp. You could have gone to see 1776, the musical. So, yeah, 1776, the shitty Hamilton. Yeah. Um, I mean, Nella likes it. That uh, was that one's the one that, like, centers John Adams. Because, like, John Adams is our other relatively unproblematic founding father. He's, mm-hmm. like, the only other one you've ever heard of that didn't own slaves. Yeah. Oh, that was <laughs> the didn't other. didn't even get to make an appearance in Hamilton. Yeah. Sit down, John, you fat mother so He's, like, the bad stepdad that didn't even acknowledge yeah, his yeah. existence in the first place. Poor yep. John Adams. Yeah. Like he, he, he really is like the redheaded sh- stepchild of, of history. <laughs> oh, King, like, yeah, King George's little John Adams spiel. It was, yeah. It, oh. Yeah, no, yeah, that is also pretty accurate. Like, he, like King George just like the entire time John Adams was in England, like King George just disrespected that man. Yes. And, yeah. and like, John him. Adams just kind of took it. <laughs> I knew him. Well, Hank, thank you so much for joining yes, us and you. spilling your Hamilton fifis. Uh, <laughs> I am. I, I'm. I'm very. Uh, I'm. I'm. Uh, what's the word? Shocked. <laughs> gratified to um, finally see something that you, uh, without qualification, enjoyed and got something from. Nobody more than me. It's finally time after fucking six <laughs> months that you showed me something that's genuinely good. <laughs> Ron Paul gif. It's yeah, happening. It's happening. I've sat through so much. But you know what? And I, it will never sat, happen again. It won't happen again. But you know what? I will say this. Through the context of having to watch all the stuff that we watched before, I think I was able to understand this and appreciate it on a richer level. 
And yes. it's also funny because it's still the same because it's still about a dude who wants to write a thing to fix everything. <laughs> I thought that that was, it's not a song, but it's like, you know, it's a, it's paper. If, if he had just pulled out a, an acoustic guitar at yeah, some point. I was waiting would've... for him to sing falsetto at some point, like the Constitution. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yes, I, I, I was more, I was, I think even coming into this, I was so excited that I was excited that I didn't even like, none of the flaws even occurred to me because I was just like, yes. So thank you guys for both your perspectives on it it's very uh you know helpful to understand it in a deeper level but yes it's it's great to see something that fucking was good and matters that is it for this episode we are at musical splaining on twitter with no g at musical splaining with a g on instagram i am at kavataharian on twitter and at permafriends on instagram if you'd like to see the shenanigans that i've been up to in quarantine which is none uh, and I'm at uh, the Lindsay Ellis on Twitter and um, name brand Lindsay on Instagram. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I just followed you. Like, uh... <laughs> and I'm Hank Green on Twitter and Hank Green all the other places except TikTok, where I'm Hank Green one. Ooh, TikTok is the somebody took the Hank Green. Somebody the Hank Green of like I waited uh, Dayton, Ohio. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's the story of me and every. Of course, there's also like other Lindsay else. Anyway, everybody, thanks for joining us, and we will be back hopefully in two weeks with something else that we have not yet decided. So we'll see you at the. Po- we'll hear you at the podcast. La da 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 da. This is for Lindsay when she gets back. La da 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 da. She doesn't know that I'm doing this. She's gone. Everybody's gone. I'm alone, and I'm just singing. I'm just singing for Lindsay. When or I assume that Lindsay edits these. I actually da 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 da.